How you doing? This is Sean McVay with Sean's Outdoor Adventures, and welcome back to another Faith in the Outdoors podcast. I am really not sure exactly what I'm going to talk about today. I have about 45 minutes till I have to get the kids from school. So I wanted to record this podcast because I'm not sure when I'm going to have time to do so otherwise. So what I want to share with you, especially today, is... Um, the buck I recently harvested. If you're watching the video version of this, I have the rack sitting next to me here, and I just lifted it up. Uh, this is the nicest or largest scoring racked buck I've harvested to date, and um, I'm actually uh, going to mount this tomorrow. So that's another reason why I wanted to hurry up and record this is because I won't be able to just lift the rack come tomorrow. It's actually going to be on the shoulder mount and it's going to be added to the wall behind me as uh, a memory. You know, it's a memory of an exciting adventure, a memory of a gift from God. And that's one of the reasons why I guess I keep them like that. So um, let me pause. Let me pause and just open with a prayer because otherwise I'm going to get launched into this whole thing and, and might forget to pray. So let's pray to our Father in heaven in the name of his Son, Jesus, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we turn to you and we ask for your guidance, your guidance in life. Help us fly to you like on the wings of a bird. Help us soar to the heights of holiness in this life so that we may be examples of your love for this whole world to see, that many may come to you and cherish their relationship with you like we do, those of us who have been given that gift to have and a relationship with you already. Lord, thank you for all the gifts, all the graces, and we praise you in and through your Son, Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about this, um, and if I don't forget, I want to talk about um, some upcoming things, but let's just, let's just launch into it. So I harvested this buck, uh, on Friday of this past week, right? Today I'm recording this on Thursday, November 30th. So it's the last day of November, which actually reminds me, today I celebrate five years of total sobriety. I decided five years ago today that I was just going to not drink alcohol anymore. Uh, I personally did not have a problem. It wasn't, I didn't drink all the time or excessively, but I did I, you know, I do like the taste of beer. I did drink beer. You know, sometimes I'd come home from work and have a beer, things like that. And, you know, I've got four little kids. And sometimes they'd be like, hey, Daddy, what's that? Can I have some? And I'm like, no, you know. And, and just trying to explain to them what alcohol is is not something I really wanted to be doing. You know, they were very young. Five years ago, you know, they were like ages two through uh, six. So anyhow, I just, I, I was thinking about that, but then also I like to pray night prayer from the liturgy of the hours. So I forget which night of the week it is. Maybe it's Wednesday. Anyway, I don't remember the exact night, but there is a reading from one of Peter's letters that, that is in there. And it says this, stay sober and alert. Your opponent, the devil is prowling like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him solid in your faith. And as I would pray that at night and read that reading every week, 
I really felt the Holy Spirit kind of speak into my heart. And that whole idea, stay sober and alert. You know, I don't drink much, so if I drink one beer, I feel a little buzz from it. It's like, whoa. And um, I decided I, I don't want that anymore. I want to have a life that I fully enjoy and appreciate without that type of thing. And I want to be a good example to my children. So five years ago today, I just had my last sip of alcohol, and that was it. Since that time, I you know have tried a couple non-alcoholic beers here and there. And, um, you know, once in a while I may have one. I don't typically buy them. Like, uh, my wife bought me a, like a six pack or something for my birthday just for like a football game or whatever. And, but, but again, I, I rarely have anything like that. So, and I have to say, I'm so grateful that I made that decision and I'm very excited to be living a, a full and complete life for these past five years without ever needing something like that. And you know what? My little thing has like a little cheering here, I think. I don't know. Hold on. Let me, I'm trying. I got this. Uh, uh, I guess I got the volume turned down. So I have like this little um, mixing board and there's like different buttons you could hit. And one's like cheering. And I was hitting that button, but I think the uh, volume's turned way down on it. So maybe you couldn't hear it. Anyhow. So um, any, anyone out there who has, you know, been drinking and you're realizing that life is not fulfilling with that and that, you know, you're never better off afterwards, you know, you're, you're wasting money on alcohol, it just doesn't bring you long-term satisfaction, I want to make a plug right here for just to get, get rid of it. You don't need it. I mean, and if you don't want to get rid of it, that's fine too. I mean, Jesus was accused of being a drunkard. He would celebrate. I mean, his first miracle was to create an abundance of wine at a wedding feast. So if you do it in moderation and you can, you know, keep it in check, there's you know, there's nothing wrong with it. But at the same time, I don't feel like we need it. So I'm just making an encouragement to you. If you're feeling drawn by the Holy Spirit to give that up and search for a deeper, more meaningful life without that, I want to be the first to say, go for it, man. Do it. Let that, let that thing go. Let go of the alcohol. Don't, don't buy it anymore. Dump it out. Just start a new life, one that you find joy in life. Now, I want to use that as a segue into my buck harvest here. And I want to mention that there were several people who commented. They were surprised that I, would, I was yelling and, you know, my reaction, things like that. Um, and I, I want to talk about that because, you know, I think people maybe don't really understand some of the background of what led to that. The, the 10 acre property I have, it's two and a half hours away. And over the years, I've spent a lot of time driving down there, mowing, keeping it looking nice, putting in food plots, um, the shooting house that I built, if you've watched the videos, the, the shooting house that I was in that I harvested this buck out of, I, di I didn't have money to buy the wood to build that. So I was watching the internet and I found somebody who was getting rid of a shed and they're like, come and get it, you know, kind of a thing. You know, the problem was it was in a yard where you had to completely disassemble the shed in order to get it out of there. It ended up taking me two weeks. It was a very laborious task. 
It was a lot harder than I anticipated. And um, because the person was giving me the shed, I also had to dispose of things like all the shingles. And I kept running into unexpected problems, such as there was two layers of shingles. And so there was twice the amount of work that I was anticipating. And I'm going to pause what I'm saying because my wife is calling. Hang on a second. Okay, back from the call. My wife is actually away on a work uh, conference thing. And so I'm glad I took it because she needed to schedule something. Anyway, getting back to the shooting house, it was a tremendous amount of work uh, just to take it apart. And then I had to get the wood. Um, well, I, I basically prefabricated the shooting house at my house and then took it all down there, assembled it. it. It was a lot of work. I mean, by the time it was all said and done, it was like three weeks worth of labor. You know, <laughs> when it was all over, I was like, you know what? I should have just saved up and bought one of those prefabricated plastic shooting or fiberglass shooting houses. I, you know, just, it ended up being so much work. So anyway, there was that detail. And then um, the food plot that I put in, I did it all by hand. Like I don't have a big tractor to, to do stuff like that. So um, I rototilled it up and then I bought a little cedar that you push back and forth in rows by hand. It took me an entire day to plant that food plot right next to the shooting house. And you know, to say it took an entire day may not seem like no, that much, but when you're talking 10 or 12 hours walking back and forth and back and forth, running that cedar and running the rototiller and all that stuff, it really is, it's taxing. Then I had to go back and put an electric fence up and, you know, buying an electric fence, there's another expense. And then um, even though I used the wood that I did for the shooting house, I still had to buy other materials. I spent several hundred dollars in other materials aside from the wood. So I'm talking about a tremendous amount of strain, folks. Then getting down there is a strain on my family because, um, you know, it's five hours of driving it just to go down and back. And that's costing roughly $100 in gas, close to it. So all the trips down, all, you know, all the time away from family to do all that, it takes a toll, folks. And then um, I went down a couple times, you know, during the month of October or November, and things did not come together. I had a couple, I had the drop time buck opportunity passed on, and um, and this was it, folks. This was like my last time really going down before I was like I decided. I'm putting it on the market. I'm just tired of it all. It's it's too much of a strain. It's not worth it. It's t- it takes away the piece of my life, uh, you know, and I want to be more present to my kids than having to go down there to mow again and things like that. So I was in the shooting house and I was looking at all the work I had put into that. And I was like, you know what? I, after all this, I may not get anything. I, all that work, putting in this food plot, everything, I might not get a deer. And then... Um, you know, maybe within an hour is when this buck popped out and was cruising around my field and I was able to call him in and I was able to get the shot. And I I, I didn't tell you this. I woke up at two in the morning that morning just to drive down there to get into the shooting house uh, an hour before light to try to get in there before the deer really started filtering through. So I had been up since two in the morning and, you know, that's exhausting, folks. And that's a lot of effort went into the just even that one single hunt. So when I got the buck, I let it rip. I, I mean, I really 
went nuts in a sense, screaming, yelling. I don't, I didn't care because, um, I, I, I just had to let it out. And those of you who've been following my channel know, I just drove round trip to Pennsylvania and New York and back to Iowa. And I had almost gotten a buck on that trip, but it dodged my arrow, basically duck my arrow and driving straight through to Pennsylvania with, with, without stopping or staying over somewhere and then driving straight through basically to get back from Pennsylvania to Iowa. That's exerting. And so I had put in a lot of work and a lot of effort into my hunting over the months leading up to this harvest. And I was worn out. I was truly worn out. So it was, for me, it was, it was time to celebrate. And so those people who were surprised, um, I just want to, you know, just say like, there's, Sometimes there's factors going on in people's lives that contribute to how they react to things. And there was a lot of pain and suffering over the months leading up to this harvest that really contributed to my reaction. So I just say that to help people understand, you know, what was going on. I, I don't, I actually have never reacted that intensely to a buck harvest, but also I've never harvested one this big before. But ultimately, this is the culmination of all the hard work. This is, this is the period at the end of the sentence. And then I went back to the property a few days later. So I shot this on a Friday. I went back on Tuesday, did it again, got up at like 2 in the morning, drove all the way down there, uh, got up in the shooting house, and this was it. I was meeting the realtor at noon to finalize everything to put the property on the market. And I had another encounter with a buck uh, pretty much of the same caliber. I had I grunted a couple times, and he popped out and was all excited, tail wagging, licking his lips. He thought he was going to meet a nice girl to, to talk to. And um, he came out to my food plot, and he didn't see any deer there. He was straight downwind of the food plot, so he didn't smell any deer, didn't see any deer. And I, I, he stood there for a good 10 minutes. I tried to... Um, let out a grunt once in a while when he wasn't, when he would be looking back the other way and not in my direction. But ultimately he's like, eh, something's not quite right. I don't see a deer. I don't smell a deer. And he kind of moseyed off back down into my woods. So I did not get anything, met with the realtor, finalized everything. Properties going on the market actually tomorrow is the official start date. So anyway, that's some of the background there. And it, you know, I'm just grateful to God for it. I feel like it was a blessing and some other details that came out afterwards is one of the neighbors wanted to get in touch with me after I got this buck. So the one guy that knows my number down there called me and said, Hey, this guy wants to talk to you. So we ended up, this guy found me on Instagram, started messaging me. Turns out this buck here was his top target buck this year. He has all kinds of history with it. I thought it was a five and a half year old. It, it turns out it's a six and a half year old. According to him, he has sheds from it. And he's, you know, very generous said, I'll let you have the sheds. And I thought, wow, that's so nice of you. That'd be really cool to have to go with this, you know, this, this shoulder mount that I'm doing. But this was his target buck. So I felt a little bit bad. I'm like, sorry to take out your target. He's like, but I, I wanted to reach out to you too, because I want to lease your ground. I, and I said, well, it's about to go on the market. I, I didn't necessarily feel like 
I was supposed to sell it, but I, I want to put it on the market just because I'm worn out. I'm tired, tired of the trips, tired of mowing, everything. I just want to basically be free from all that burden. And I want to be more available for my kids, you know, and be home. And he said, well, I want to lease it from you. And I said, I'll tell you what, if, if I don't get like a full price offer or a solid close to it offer, um, then I, I won't take it. Like if someone tries to come in with a low offer, I'll just say no or whatever. And if, if I don't get a good buyer, then I'll lease it to you when the listing expires. So um, it's interesting because he's offering way more money than I would ever expect to lease uh, 10 acres. Um, and it, it totally may, would make it worth it to me to hang on to it and let him lease it in, in that regard. So those are some interesting developments in the faith related to hunting aspect. And I was even texting with, uh, if you remember Justin Boucher, who I had on the podcast a few weeks back, he's new to hunting. He went out yesterday and he didn't see anything. And he said, I, I felt like I was getting to know myself better. I could see areas of impatience. And I said, welcome to the divine school of hunting. Because God teaches us about ourselves through hunting a lot of times. So those of you who are out there and nothing's working out and that buck's not coming in or whatever, a lot like me over the past month, nothing was you know working out in my favor, um, God flushes some of those things to the surface that maybe we hadn't noticed or maybe we weren't paying attention to. And he does so to help us grow, or, you know, help us grow spiritually and grow in maturity so if you're out there and you're struggling with the hunting, don't, don't be upset about it in the sense that God's teaching you about yourself through it. And, you know, like for me, not getting a, a deer over the past month after I, I passed on a couple nice deer and then I had a dry month where it was like nothing was working out. And I was just like, you know what? I don't have time. for. I want to spend more time with my kids if I would have shot one of those three-and-a-half-year-old bucks that I passed on, I would be sitting at home right now playing cards with the kids or something, and I would have not only got my buck, but I would have had more family time. And I was like, you know what? That's, I think, where I'm at in life. I just I want to get the deer. I want to be able to you know, make a little video for people to watch. Uh, but I don't want to – I don't care anymore if it's real big or not. I just – I do like hunting. I do like getting out, but I don't want to drag it out either. I'd like to get the job done and be done. And so that's, God brought me to that point. And I'm at peace with that. I, like this buck here, I'm elated with it, but I would have been equally as quick to shoot if he was only three and a half years old that day. Um, so it wasn't, at that point, I was no longer holding out for a real big buck. And that, I think, contributed, too, to my reaction because I wasn't expecting a buck of this caliber. I was prepared for a three-and-a-half-year-old, 115-inch type of, of deer. Instead, I got a six-and-a-half-year-old, 150-inch type of deer. And if you're not familiar with those numbers, that's when you add up the, the inches you, you, of the rack. You, know, you measure it all out according to the Pope and Young standards, and you add it up. That total number tells you the, the the overall size of the rack. So as you can imagine, 150 inches is larger than 115 inches. So anyhow, um, like I said, I was prepared for that 115-inch, 
three and a half year old and God blessed me with 150 inch. Now if, it'll be interesting if the guy ends up leasing my property, if it doesn't sell, I, I shot his top ranked buck this year. And last year I passed on that 14 pointer this year. I almost had a crack at him and just ran out of daylight as I shared in the video the other day. Um, but it would be great to see if he shoots that buck next year and it would be like, it'll even it out, you know, because I shot his target buck, he shot my target buck and, uh, and things like that. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about the, the future of the faith in the outdoors podcast and Sean's outdoor adventures, video production and things like that. So I had a phone screening today with the diocese of green Bay they're hiring a director of evangelization and discipleship. And that's actually what I want to do with my life. I want to, I, my passion is in my Catholic faith and evangelization, if it's not obvious by now. Um, and, and so I actually left my position that brought us to Iowa so that I could pursue a director of evangelization position. And I had come to that conclusion a year after praying about it. And I'll just share with you what happened. So it was during hunting season, and nothing was working out. In fact, I did not harvest a buck at all that year, even though I live in Iowa. I passed on all these bucks and um, never got a chance at the big one. And, boy, that burns me up. I do not like eating my tag, as they say. Uh, but I, there I was. I wasn't getting the hunt much because I was working all the time. And I was in the tree stand one day. It was like the last day of the season. And I was just frustrated. I was like, God, I, I want to do more with evangelization than this position as director of adult faith formation is providing for me. And so in my frustration, I took out my phone and I looked on catholicjobs.com. And the next diocese over had just posted that day a director of evangelization position. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that is that's it. That's that's me right there. I, I want to apply. So. Talked to my wife about it. I, I gave him my resume. I have a book on evangelization that I wrote like 20 years ago. And I sent them a copy of that. has the nihil opstat imprimatur, all that stuff. And I was hoping to get an interview. I did not even get an interview. and But the position was only posted for three weeks. So I'm guessing they had somebody in mind and they just posted it as, you know, something official. But that's what really got the ball rolling. I was like, you know what? I think I need to step out of this position in order to really be available for a director of evangelization position. So I stepped out of that and then I, you know, I gave him like two months and then the, the day after I finished, I didn't really even search for jobs because I was staying focused on being present to the people I was serving and fulfilling the role. And I believed I was doing what God wanted. So I was not in any big rush. I figured God would make it clear. So the day after I finished, I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, this is all for you. I just want to live my life for you, as you know, and I believe that I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I, I left for the, you know, your reasons. And I just ask you to make it perfectly clear what the next step is. And actually, that, I, I said that prayer in the evening. The next morning, I got a phone call from my wife from work. She was just like shocked. She's like, I, I can't believe what just happened. I was just offered a promotion to be the director of a new master's degree program. My wife teaches in the nursing department at the University of Iowa. And um, 
it, it was like she's always wanted to be an associate dean of a college of nursing. That's been her long-term goal. And she's like, I really feel like this is the piece I need to be ready to then someday apply for that position. So I was like, well, that's a no-brainer. We're going to stay right here. You're going to do it, and um, I'll take care of the kids, getting them to and from school. So I had to basically drop back 10 and punt, and that was that was painful for me because I love my faith. I love evangelization. I have so many gifts and talents, I think, in that area, and I just I very rarely get the chance to use them, which is why I started this podcast, folks. I was like, it was... It was an outlet for me to share some of my knowledge and my evangelization. I will also interject this. I have been told that this podcast has led to the conversion of someone to the Catholic faith already. And um, I was shocked when I was when that was relayed to me. So praise God for that. The Holy Spirit's at work. If you're someone who f- has felt touched by some of the things you've heard, um, follow through. Let the Lord lead you. I mean, God is doing something. And I really think the more we learn how to focus on the core things that Jesus wants us to focus on, such as his true presence in the Eucharist that we find in the Catholic Church, and I've been begging people to pray with John chapter 6, verses 51 through 58. I think the more people who pray with that, they are allowing the Holy Spirit to guide them And they are coming to recognize that, oh my goodness, I can't believe it, but the Catholic Church is right on this detail, which means I'm not. I haven't been right. And I think God's giving people the gift to see and believe, believe that Jesus is closer to us than we have given him credit for in the past, like people who haven't believed. I mean, to think that God wants to be physically united with you, the listener, and me, the speaker is a is a bit mind blowing. So, anyhow, I started the Faith in the Outdoors podcast as an outlet um, for that. So I I talked to the people. Uh, this is it was a, a phone screening this morning, and you know I again I might not even get an interview, but I I just want you to know that's that's where I'm that's where my heart is. Oh, I think I was I was talking about my wife's situation, and. I mean, not only did she get this promotion, but then a few months later, they asked her to be the interim associate dean for the College of Nursing because the associate dean stepped down. So my wife is actually getting, like, catapulted into the position she's always wanted to try. And it's been such a blessing. At the same time, I've, I've continued to pray. I started the Faith in the Outdoors podcast this year as an outlet for evangelization and trying to encourage people to the fullness of truth and to consider Catholicism. It's because I love you and I love Jesus and I love his bride, the church. And I encourage people. Um, and I ask you to just be open to the Holy spirit. Let the Holy spirit be the one leading. Let, let the Holy spirit guide. And the way to open that door is through prayer. I'm begging people pray to Jesus, pray through the Holy spirit especially with John 6, 51 to 58. I think that is the starting point for many of us. And anyhow, coming full circle, I talked to the the people at the Diocese of Green Bay today. I may not get an interview. Like, it was just a screening. They were asking me some questions like, you know, would you be willing to move to Green Bay? You know, and, it, you know, honestly, it it's tough to, to imagine being even in, in colder climate than where I'm at right now. But 
Uh, if that's where God wants me, then absolutely. So I said, yes, I'd be willing, but there's also a discernment. I said to just to be clear, there's a discernment detail too. Like if you guys expressed an interest in me and there was a possibility, I would need to bring the family up. The kids would have to be able to feel like they can embrace the whole thing. I'm not going to take my dream job yet make the, the family miserable. I, it would, everyone would need to be on board for something like that, in my opinion. So, I mean, you know, past experience, I haven't been considered for whatever reason. And, and maybe that'll happen again. Maybe they'll reach out to me in a couple of weeks and say, you know, we're, we're going to go a different direction. And, and that's fine. Um, because God has a plan and maybe that plan is, is for me to continue to do what I'm doing now. But I did want to comment on that. We're, we're coming up on, you know, tomorrow begins December and, and most hunting seasons close out around the, by the second week of January. So we are approaching, you know, getting closer to the end of hunting season. And my viewership drops off radically after hunting season's over. And, um, you know, I have learned over the years, like I used to continue to produce a whole bunch of videos, but nobody was really watching them. And so I've come to realize, yeah, you know, this channel is more of a seasonal channel. And I even thought about that today. Like I'm gearing up for ice fishing. <laughs> I actually got into it like a year or two ago and I'm kind of enjoying it. I got an, I ordered a new, uh, like fish finder thing for this year, um, to this, you know, make it more, a little easier to, to do and just, you know, stuff like that. But I thought about there's there's like a this one guy's channel. I think his name's Tom. He's he's up there in Minnesota or Wisconsin or one of them places. Like he he does a lot of ice fishing. So I watched some of his videos just to learn more about it. And I don't watch any of his videos except for during ice fishing season because um, that's the only time I'm really interested in it. That's the only time I'm really looking to maybe get a few new tips. And I think that's the way my channel is for most people. Like. Um, so what does that mean for the Faith in the Outdoors podcast? What does that mean for my channel? It means that you can anticipate me to, you know, drop off a little bit in effort uh, probably in the winter and in the spring and, you know, partway through the summer as far as the hunting and archery content goes. I'm going to probably put up some ice fishing videos this year because I've been having fun with that. But a lot of people who watch my stuff are more into the hunting and the archery, things like that. So they don't really watch the ice fishing. But I also think, too, like the uh, like if the Diocese of Green Bay were to offer me that position, just being hypothetical, that would be a lot of transition. You know, Ultimately, we would have to move up to Green Bay. I'd probably get beat up because I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. But no, I mean, there would be a lot going on and that would be, I would be living my dream in a sense if we were up there. I would anticipate still making a couple hunting videos here and there, but probably not much at all because my efforts and energy would be somewhere else. So, um, you know, I appreciate everyone who watches and listens, but it depends on what direction God takes my life. There's a chance that I could reduce or even dramatically reduce my amount of content that I put on Sean's Outdoor Adventures YouTube channel or, you know, I, either way, I, I plan on pulling back a bit on the podcast. The uh, I've been doing it every week 
uploading every Tuesday. But I think when we're outside of the main time of the year, I, I care about the people who actually want to hear more and want to, you know, have another episode of the Faith in the Outdoors podcast. So I was thinking maybe doing one episode a month, you know, just to keep people, keep in touch with people and maybe offer a little something here and there. But I also will say, too, there's, you know, there hasn't been any new people who have come forward with an interest in being on the show. And um, I haven't, the Holy Spirit hasn't really pointed anybody out to me. And so I feel as though, like, the, the, the Lord is leading. And, and I think that there were some people he touched through this podcast this year, but I don't know if it's meant to continue for the long haul. If I don't see the Lord kind of showing a light saying, yeah, continue, here's what to do next, then, you know, maybe I'll draw back. Maybe it'll just be a once and done for this, you know, we did it this season and maybe that's it for this podcast. I really don't know. Time will tell. Um, I've thought about, let's say I don't get a director of evangelization type position and I keep um, keep on keeping on here in Iowa. Uh, I thought about starting a, a different, like maybe a scriptural one, you know, because that's something that you can sustain throughout the year. Faith in the outdoors, I mean... The outdoors for me is is a lot about hunting, and that's seasonal, as I said. Faith is is all the way throughout the year, but that's why I said maybe maybe I'll start a different one, you know, for like the the ministry stuff. And if you'd like to follow me on that, you'd be invited. I've been listening to the Bible in the Year with Father Mike Schmitz, and they he reads from basically three different books every day. And me personally, I do not enjoy that at all. Like I prefer to focus on one book at a time and really put all of my energy and effort into that. So for me, three different books at one time is a distraction and it's disjointing. Like one minute we're in one book, next minute we're in another book and my, you know, I got to shift gears in my head somehow. And um, I don't really like that. I, so I have thought about doing my own Bible in the year podcast of one book at a time. You know, and I've calculated it out and gone through a lot of different things thinking about actually doing it. The thing that makes me pause is I have multiple book projects that I have been working on a little bit here and there over the years, and I'd really like to get those done. So, you know, as far as when would I start the, you know, Bible in a Year podcast with Sean McVeigh, um, I don't know. I, I think... I don't want to be the type of person that keeps starting projects and not finishing them. I, that's not the way I operate. So I may finish up some of these book projects first. So it might be a year out. Like if I don't ever get a director of evangelization position somewhere and I keep doing what I'm doing here, I'll probably finish out these books, get those done. And then maybe it'll be a year from now, but I already have like a focus for the whole thing, like uh, the way I want to approach it, which is a little different than some of the others I've seen. So anyhow, those of you who like my podcast and like the faith angle, um, you can anticipate that one way or another, I'm going to continue in that area. As far as the faith in the outdoors component, I think the outdoors really shines uh, especially for me in hunting season. And I think God can teach all of us through our hunting experiences. And so there's something to talk about there. Like I even mentioned Justin, I, you know, in our text communication today, 
And, um, you know, that just mentioning the text, I, I got a text too from Todd Rogenkamp and, um, he reached out to congratulate me on the buck I just got. And he's been someone who's followed my videos for years and has always been encouraging. And, you know, it was interesting because I was literally just praying about Lord. So tomorrow's the last day of the regular archery season here in Iowa. And my wife's away on this work retreat thing. And I thought, well, my kids are in school right now. Maybe I can do a midday sit. And I was praying about that. Lord, what should I do? What's the right decision? There's a lot of things around the house that I can be working on too. And then Todd texted me and said, you know, I just wanted to thank you for the video. Thank you for, you know, encouraging people toward the Lord and all that. And he just, you know, was encouraging and thanking. And um, I appreciated that. So, by the time I took care of everything I needed to, there was no time left to go hunting. So my prayer got answered. You know, I was I had to fix a ceiling fan that broke, and uh, it didn't it didn't work at first. So then um, had to take it all apart and look at it. What why isn't it working? And here there was an internal wire that wasn't fully connected. So had connected that and put it all back together. Finally got it working. I was like, you know what? There's not enough time to go hunting now. But it was an answered prayer and. Um, getting to hear from, from people like Todd helps me realize like, you know, there's been value in the videos I've produced over the years. So I do feel like no matter what, I would like to continue. If you're somebody who likes my videos and likes what I do, I do plan to continue in some capacity, even if it's on a very reduced level, I don't know what the future holds, but you know, even if it's just a few videos out of the year, you know, then, but I still feel like I want to I want to share. I want to be able to provide some things. I want to be a positive influence for people. And so um you know there's been people who have said no don't don't quit, you know, don't stop and so I I'm not planning to. It may reduce but not not stop totally. And I also want to mention too like I everybody knows now that I'm putting my 10 acres up for sale and here I shot this big buck and there was plenty of people who were like, don't sell, don't sell. And, um, yeah, guys, there's tons of big bucks down there, and there's great hunting down there. And that's why I bought the property to begin with is because there's good hunting down that way. But at the same time, uh, an, an opportunity to a giant buck is not worth the aggravation to me at my phase in my life. I'm at peace letting it go and just being more present to my family, like not having to go down and do all the work all the time. I can just have so many more hours with my family, which they are my priority. And even like making the videos for you guys, that's been a priority for me too. I wanted to be a good example for people. I wanted to be someone who brought a message of faith to people. And I feel like I've done that. I feel like that's what God's wanted me to do. And as of right now, I feel like I'm still supposed to do that. But, you know, maybe on a reduced scale. I'll also say, too, as I look at this rack, folks, there was a period over this past month where I seriously considered quitting hunting. Like, like God, here I am sitting out here again, and things aren't working out. I don't know what you want, but, I mean, I don't, I don't need this. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, I, I enjoy hunting to a degree, but... I I have an issue in that I'm a very determined person and so much so that when I be when I put my hand to a project or or, or something I cannot 
not finish it. I have to, I have to see it through. It's just my personality. And when I buy a, a, a tag that locks me in to, I almost feel obligated to work and give it my best effort to fill that tag for whatever reason. That's just the way I am. It's part of my personality. That's a good thing in many scenarios. But when it comes to hunting, like, uh, you know, I, if I didn't have that and that compulsion to say, okay, I got to try to fill this tag, you know I mean? There's a lot more peace for the family as far as like trying to figure out when can I squeeze a hunt in? Like even today, can I squeeze a hunt in while the kids are in school? Um, it's because I'm determined. And if I don't buy that many hunting tags, then I don't have that driving me. So like right now I still have several buck tags. I'd love to fill them. But going into next year, I thought, man, maybe I'll just buy one. Maybe I'll buy one buck tag. And in that way, and especially if my um, my sort of bar, where I, what I'm willing to harvest right out of the gate is lower, maybe I'll be able to fill it and be done, and that's it, you know. <laughs> um, plus, my son is just now starting to reach an age where he can hunt. So I can imagine in, in future years here, Focusing more on helping him get his first couple of deer rather than, you know, me trying to get more. So anyhow, those are some of the main things. I, I, I didn't have anything preconceived to talk about today. I just wanted to actually share some things about the hunt, share some things about me and, you know, maybe the future of some of my production stuff, you know, the podcast and my YouTube videos and, um, you know, as you know, if you've been following me, uh, YouTube's really done some changes over the last two years, but really since COVID. And I'm not exactly sure what it is that has caused, you know, all this, but like my channel stopped growing two years ago. Like I hit a hundred thousand subscribers and then it was like someone slammed on the brakes and it doesn't grow anymore. As often as I get new subscribers, YouTube just takes people out of my subscriber list. I, I always get emailed by people saying, "Hey, your your channel just disappeared from my subscribe list. I, I lost. I couldn't find it. I thought you deleted it. You know that type of thing." So I don't know what's going on with that, but I've just said, you know, Lord, maybe it's maybe your providence has allowed this for me to just say, maybe it's time to put less energy into this whole thing yeah like i said i'll still make some videos but not as as many not as often um and you know maybe it's time for me to go in a little bit of a different direction you know and um i'm still praying about that and join me in that you know it's all about doing the father's will that's no matter what it is in life it's about doing the father's will like i mentioned with like green bay wisconsin i i may not even get an interview i mean if it's anything like the the last you know time or so that I've applied for something like this, I don't I don't typically get interviews, and um, you know God's got a reason for that. But but I would say like you know Green Bay wouldn't be my first place to pick to live just because it's it's even colder and snowier there than than here, and that that's hard in the winter time. But if that's where God wants me you better believe that's where I'm going to be. You know, that's, it's all about doing what God wants and when God wants it. And I think if any of us keeps that as our focus in life, we're, we're going the right way. You know, we have to have a certain element of detachment from anything and everything 
to be able to do God's will at any point in our lives. You know, if I was attached to where I lived, then it would make it harder for me. Like, let's say God says to me, Sean, I want you to move to Green Bay, Wisconsin, or wherever it is, Oregon, whatever. I mean, name any state, name any city. If God was to say that and I was to say no, why would be the next question. Well, it's because I like where I'm at. Well, it's good that you like where you're at, but are you attached to it to the point where it would prevent you from doing God's will if he asked you to do something? So I think we need to live with that poverty of spirit, that disposition, a readiness to to let go and say, Lord, it's all about doing what you want, and I'm just asking you to guide me. Show me what you want. And that's where I'm at. So I, I don't know. I may We may end up staying right here for the next 20 years, and I might end up staying a uh, stay-at-home dad uh, who's taking care of kids, dropping them off at school, picking them up, and making dinner and whatever. Uh, that might be my life. Um, I have a passion and a desire for evangelization. I believe I have skills for it. But, you know, God's purpose is is the right, is the right way. So um, for whatever reason, he has me where he has me. And um, if, if, if that ever changes, you're going to know about it. But um, the point is we have to live with a readiness to do whatever the Father wants whenever the Father wants it. And I encourage you, look at yourself. Where are you with that? Are you prepared to let go of anything and everything to do God's will? And I'm not saying he's going to call you to move out of a, to where you are to a different state or anything like that, because there's many factors that go into discernment. But I am calling it to your attention to see where you're at spiritually. Like, am I spiritually in a place where I would be willing to give up everything to follow Jesus, to do the Father's will, yes or no? And if the answer is no, that's good to recognize because it's like, Lord, I need help in this area. I need you to help me get to a place where I'm ready to let go. And you know what, guys? That's what I've been saying. God did that for me again in an, in another way with this hunting season. He got me to a place where I was I was ready to just let it all go. I was ready to even let go of hunting. I'm ready to give it up if if you want me to move on. And that's a great place to be. That's what you need to you need to live with that disposition all the time in everything. God, if you want me to give this up, I'm going to give it up for you. Or if you want me to keep doing this, I'm going to keep doing this for you. Whatever it is, um, we do for the Lord. So I think that's going to be the message for this week and my encouragement to you. You know, I want you all to continue to grow spiritually because I think that's really what's the most valuable in this life is our spiritual growth because it means we're we're growing in holiness. It means we're growing closer to the Lord. That's at least the way that I'm referring to it. I mean, I guess you could grow spiritually in a, in a negative way, but I'm, I'm referring to growing closer to our Lord Jesus, to the Father, and to the Holy Spirit. So uh, I think that's where the value is, and I think we should put our energy there and let the Holy Spirit lead. Let the Lord reveal his plan to you. So anyone out there who's been wondering, what's God want me to do? Make that your prayer. Lord, what do you want me to do? Show me the way and keep keep an open heart 
You know what I mean? I think if you're praying, God, show me the way, and you don't feel like he's showing you the way, well, maybe he's doing something in you similar to what he just did in me. Like, if it seems quiet and it seems dry and it seems, you know, frustrating, it's that frustration that begins to boil things to the surface. So maybe God's quiet, seemingly quiet because he's boiling some stuff to the surface. He's He's drawing things out of you that... Maybe you haven't paid attention to, or maybe you weren't aware of, and maybe he's purifying you of those things. Like I've, like if you've been listening to me talk, I'm a, I'm so ready to let go of that property that I've had, you know, because it was because of the strain. God brought all, allowed all that strain to help me realize I don't need this or want this in my life. I want to let it go, and so that was God's gift. You know, it was through all that challenge and suffering that he brought me to that place of pure detachment from that property. And and yeah, I got a big buck, but that doesn't mean I want to hang on to it, the, the property. Uh, like I said, I'm detached from it. Like I'm ready to let it go. I want to be free from all that work that takes me away from my family. I don't need that, and I don't want that. And, and God brought me to that place. So getting back to you, if you're feeling frustrated or you're asking God to show you the way and you feel like he's not, it's because he's at work to bring things to the surface. He's allowing you to get frustrated or or whatever because then you dig harder and deeper. If everything goes smoothly and easily, you don't you don't press in harder and deeper. And so it's through the challenge that he's actually purifying you. My point then is, You can believe and trust that our Father is at work. And if everything seems difficult and challenging and hard work, that's good. It's because he's doing something. He's flushing things out that that maybe were too deep down and not close to the surface to be addressed. So anyhow, I hope that you've enjoyed the Faith in the Outdoors podcast. Um, As of right now, I don't have anything in mind for a future one, like as far as like, I don't have any guests lined up. Um, I don't have any particular messages that I feel compelled to give. I feel like I've given a lot of good messages and ones that are carry a lot of weight, and so you could always revisit those. Uh, but you can stay tuned. Um, you could also sign up for my newsletter. I am going to be doing some bow giveaways here coming up at, at the end of December, so you can get in on that. And if you do sign up for the newsletter, I don't send newsletters out very often, so don't expect them all the time. And um, you have to verify your email address. If you sign up and you don't see the verification email come into your inbox almost immediately, check your spam folder. I think that's happened to a lot of people. The verification email went to spam, so they didn't verify their email address, and so they never got the newsletter. So if you want to be getting the newsletter, um, then... Make sure you verify your email address and, you know, I will send out a registration form for the bow giveaways and and also giving a snack time feeder away, things like that. So thank you guys so much for uh, being part of my life and for following my channel and my podcast. And who knows? I don't, but I trust that God has a plan and wherever I end up and whatever I end up doing, I believe that's what he wants because that's what I want. So we'll see. You guys, the mystery will unfold. But right now we will live in the dark as we do not know what the future holds for 
this podcast for my YouTube channel or my career or any of that stuff. We shall see in God's time. Until then, take care. God bless. And hey, live detached, my friends. Be detached so that God can move you where he needs you. God bless.